Have you pressed play? Good job! Welcome to episode 8. I am Umberto Di Cinove and this is Get the Bug. A podcast that explores the question What if insects are the next game changers? Welcome to the new season of Get the Bug. I am a documentary photographer and for a while now I've been putting together material about the potential role of insects as our allies in the solution of some global environmental and social issues. I'm doing it traveling, taking photographs and conversating with experts. In this podcast you will listen to some of those conversations. Audios and images will be also part of a multimedia project I'm currently working on. Since I released the first season of Get the Bug, a lot of things happened. And I'm pleased to say that my photographies were nominated by Photo España and selected by Futures Photography. So they will be shown starting from October 2023 at Kappa Center in Budapest, Photo Ireland in Dublin, and PhotoDoc in Utrecht. This is a personal accomplishment that, as I already said, also proves the growing interest in the topic. In this episode, you will listen to some excerpt from different conversations I had during the 2023 CIF Spring Meeting at the Texas A&M University. The CIF is the Center for Environmental Sustainability through Insect Farming. The guests of the first conversation, more industry-oriented, are Patrick Rowley from Chapul Farms and Christopher Warbenton from Entosystem. They are CIF members, but also part of the Industry Advisory Board. And you will also listen to the voice of Cheryl Pryor, Industry Liaison Officer. In the second conversation, you will listen again to Jeffrey Tomberlin, that I already interviewed for the first Get the Bug episode, this time with Christine Picard and Heather Jordan, as the three CIF site directors, respectively from Texas A&M University, Mississippi State University, and the Indiana University and Purdue University, Indianapolis. We talked about the insect frontier today, dark ages, highest priorities, fast food, microbes, revalorizing food waste, bubbles, and counter opinions. And remember, not to miss the big picture, listen to the introductory special episode of Get the Bug. Universities are often looking you know, further out and they dive deeper. Industries have to be more short-sighted in terms of where the research is going. So in the case of insect agriculture, we're in the dark ages. And so just jumping into applied research with these limited market applications is, is, is a shallow way to start developing this research body of knowledge. And so this marriage between university that can has you know longer term focus about where the research can go but guided by immediate applications of kind of industry use of this data and this knowledge so here was this opportunity to collaborate within different departments from different universities with different researchers with different fields of focus all of them kind of brainstorming on the direction of research which you know is is unique 
Um, so that level of collaboration then married to industry, which amongst ourselves are collaborating with, kind of by the nature of collaboration, we have to kind of give a little bit of what we know, where, where we are as a, as a company. I'm aware that if I start doing endomological metaphors, I'm going too far, but it's like the entire sector is inspired by the larval aggregation. I mean, black soldier fly larvae aggregate to promote their own efficiency in some way. So it's, it's for a common goal and a necessity. The question is, do you think this collaborative environment is here to stay or it's just due to this early stage? It's a good question. There's elements of all of that. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, so, so yes, there's an element of uh, necessary collaboration because we are so nascent. And, and then too, yeah, it is the, the market applications for everything we're doing far outseed, the demand far outseed anything that we can do in our own lifetimes right now. But then too, I think there's an element of, it's a newer industry in it kind of overlaps with the trend of more mission-based companies now more than ever, whether that's because of a generational thing or, or what, or just a general cognizance of, of business for good. Um, I, it, it, the timing of it overlaps with a lot of insect-based companies, certainly mine for one, and then several others are in it for the impact. We're in it to see environmental impact for the benefit of future generations, for the benefit of planet. And so, of course, we should collaborate on that. Of course. Um, even, even if it is just kind of regardless of the economic impact. Like, that, that's the starting point. Like, we're all in this together. Like, to like, and I, from day one, I've been in it to um, always say, like, we're, I'm here to sh- spread ideas and share ideas, not to own them. Um, but, of course, you know, within the center, we have, to, I, you know, we have to be respectful of the different business models that are more you know, IP-centric or more. I've carved, carved their business model around you know, industry secret. Personally, I am 100% with you. Uh, I just can't believe that everyone in this sector has your same approach. Uh, I'm right there with you. I, and, yeah, I don't there's enough to go around. I'm not in it to just to just maximize every every financial gain for me as an individual, or even you know, kind of you know, extended beyond that. So it, it's not my highest priority here. Of course, there's an element of of security and things like that, that, but that's a basic requirement. And so you can go well beyond that in in terms of collaboration around bigger picture you know, concepts that we're here to address. Chris, do you want to add something like? Why to be part of the center and which is your experience? Um, the most, there's a lot of intangible things. I think just having a space to communicate very openly and um, being able to say, here are the problems that we have and seeing other companies that have those problems and saying, okay, we're not crazy. We can all work on this. Um, that's a very, it, it, it feels good to have a, a, an open space to communicate about, about that and to collaborate and to work together. Other things, I mean, just, I mean, having data and, and being able to, to, to say, hey, we've, you know, so of course the big thing is you're putting in X amount of money and then getting 60 times, or I can't remember what the number was, but like 40 to 60 times the amount of money in research 
total. So you, you put in a little bit and have access to a lot. That is, I think, the main driver. But you also have access to all these researchers, all these potential researchers, all these students, and all the other uh, all the other brains in the other companies that are willing to to communicate and to to share information. Well, thank you. And we had this conversation before, but can I ask you to repeat something about your background and and to system to have like a wider perspective? My background personally is uh, I'm a biologist. I got into black soldierfly farming because I was interested in aquaculture uh, or or um, aquaponics more specifically. Uh, and then you know I, I realized what we're feeding fish is is fish and doesn't make sense. And then uh, I, I, I like the circularity of aquaponics. And then I found out about black soldierflies and how they were able to really be the 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 keystone, if you want, for that circular economy. And that's how I started my own uh, little black soldierfly um, project. And that's where I, I, I followed in and, and, and stepped into uh, Cedric and GS project, which was Entosystem in 2018. So I came in as a bit more of a scientific aspect. And we have now, we're now going to officially open our next facility um, in Drummondville, Quebec. We are planning on being able to treat 250 tons a day of food waste. So we have a partnership with Sanimax, which is a Quebec-based company who supply all the food feedstocks for us. So um, the vast majority of it is a pre-consumer food that has been thrown out by grocery stores, for example. So our, 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 our big, big objective is really revalorizing these food waste streams to keep their nutritional value into in, in the food chain. It's, it's what I find bad about food waste is that you're, you worked so hard to make this food that has a nutritional value. And then if you send it to the dumpster or, or biogas, it's, you're, you're using it um, for its um, chemical value. Whereas by using it for to feed black soldier flies or insects, uh, you're keeping it in in a higher level, uh, which is nutrition, and keeping that nutritional value in the uh, in the food chain. I always ask to my guests about their background because this sector is in its infancy, so almost everyone has a unique history, and and I like that because it brings a lot of different angles. Sherry here has got one of my favorites, so please share it. I found my way into this role and into the insect space uh, through a, an interesting path. I spent a lot of years working in the quick service restaurant industry, commonly known as fast food. And I worked in marketing and I worked with uh, individual advertising cooperatives for companies like McDonald's and Wendy's. And along the way, I got really, really interested in the amount of food that we waste globally and specifically in this country and stumbled on insects as a really interesting solution to upcycle nutrients that might be wasted and bring them back in the food stream. So I do like to say that I made the move from fries to flies. The entire conversation I had with Pat Crowley 
will be in the next episode. So to know more about him and Chapul Farms, you have to wait a little longer. And now, some excerpt from the recordings with Jeffrey Tomberlin, Heather Jordan and Christine Picard. It was practically a year ago we, we recorded our first conversation. On my side, a lot of things happened and my perspective on the topic is evolving. At the same time, the instinct space is evolving. So where is the buzz or the frontier today? And what do you actually find more interesting? Where I see a lot of excitement is that we're seeing the role that the microbes play in this process. So it really demonstrates uh, the insect is just a component of the system, uh, that there are other biological uh, organisms that are involved in this process. So I think the discovery of microbes that enhance the ability of the insect to grow or survive or convert waste or even consume waste uh, is really exciting. And I, I read more and more papers on that area, and it's great to see the industry diversing beyond entomology. So two different areas, clearly the adult biology, uh, we're really seeing an emphasis on how to optimize the colony. Uh, I always say the colony is the heartbeat. And then across species, I would say genetics and microbiology. Well, so that you are referring to these areas, I think it's perfect to have some insights from Christine, who is a molecular biologist, right? And from Eder, who is a microbiologist. So Eder, since you are at Get the Bug for the first time, and you are not an entomologist, what has brought you here? Oh my goodness, this is a long story. <laughs> so my background is with um, environmental pathogens, and I uh, study a disease that is found in West Africa. And so one of the, the trips to West Africa, we invited Jeff, and we got to talking about black soldier flies and Really, I just fell in love with the system. You know, it's such a beautiful, sustainable, complete circle of the system. And um, I also am a microbiologist. And so my questions were around microbiology of where do microbes fit into the system? Can they be utilized to enhance insect production, enhance health, or, or things like that? And so from being in West Africa, chatting in a village uh, while doing disease Uh, ecology work, we started talking more about this system and, and brought that back home and um, developed some projects on um, insect microbe interactions and that sort of thing. And uh, it just came went on from there. It was sort of organically grew. And, um, and now we have the center. So that you are mentioning the center, let, let's say something more about it. The um, objective of the center, the goal is to bridge industry academia. And from the academic side, we want to understand the needs for industry and how basic science can, you know, can be eventually applied um, to um, fit the industry. And the projects that we do, for the most part, are multi-collaborative. And so it draws in entomology, uh, chemistry, genetics, microbiology into a single project, right? So that adds more value to, um, to the center. And for us, you know, as scientists, um, 
it's, it answers more questions from a single, um, a single study. And so that's really exciting for us. And um, it, yeah, it, it, it adds complexity to be able to tease out, you know, the scientific complexity. Let's stay on complexity, but from another point of view. For developing this project, uh, you have been taking photographies and interviewing people in very different contexts. And if it's true that insects are everywhere, the challenges of insect farming are very different if you are here in the US or in Thailand or in Colombia or whatever. Could be legislation or acceptance, when in other areas I don't know, not, not having access to enough organic byproducts, for example. How do you look at that? I mean, this could make the development of the sector more complex. Jeff? Oh, that's a good point, but I, I think that's actually an advantage for the industry, and that is, or an opportunity, is that uh, the industry will evolve into its own identity depending on location. And I like that. I don't think uh, the identity of the black soldier fly industry or insects as food and feed industry in the United States defines the world. And I like that. I like the idea of no limitations, no restrictions. Let the industry develop naturally within a given environment. So if you say Colombia, as you mentioned, uh, or the United States, Canada, or Switzerland, it doesn't matter. The industry will evolve based on the parameters that it encounters there. So I kind of, I personally like that, and I want to see where it takes us because what it will allow for us to determine is what is the best approach, and it's not just one approach. And we get to test that, and I think that's a really good thing. Uh, one thing I do anticipate happening with the industry over the course of the next decade is, is diversification of the industry. And that's not just in terms of products produced. I think in terms of what makes up the industry. Uh, I think we'll see sectors decouple. Uh, we'll see adult production be its own business model that's linked with other industries. I think the same with larval digestion, product uh, processing. I think each of these entities could develop into their own sector within the under the umbrella of insects as food to feed. And that leads to stability. Uh, it leads to opportunity to be creative. And I think that will allow the industry to gain some stability. Well, you always look at the positive side of any challenge. And I, I have to learn from that, probably. And uh, I have some other things I would like to, to discuss about the industry. But before, something from Christine. Which is your site focus? The IUPUI site is um, focused more on the genomic or genetic side of things. So trying to understand the correlation between what happens in these insects' genomes and how that translates into some sort of insect production question or optimization or understanding of the basic biology that is governed by by um, the genes and the, the genomic structure of these insects. I suppose you can't tell me more right now about the results. Maybe something about the process? You know, we're in our second year of center activities. And, and really, the, you know, we have a full year essentially now of, of funded projects. So we've got one year in where we're actually doing the work. And now the data that are starting to come are just absolutely fascinating. And we will be talking about this. Um, we just can't do it at, at this moment. I think, um, you know, what we're going to see in this space is just going to get better and better. 
Well, I'll come back with this question in the future. Now, going back in time, what led you to become interested in insects? I was fascinated by insects. Like, I think what they do in our environment is so important. They're the largest group of organisms. They're the most diverse. They do the most different types of things. They're really good at it. They've had millions and millions of years to get really good at it. So there's a fascination around the insects. Uh, but I grew up very afraid of insects. And to get over that fear, I wanted to learn more. I didn't want to be an entomologist. I didn't want to be the one who's out there, you know, catching, like working with the with the insects. So that's how I got into the molecular side. And I've always liked the molecular side too. I'm just the idea that you have these chemical structures, DNA in a particular order, and it tells you everything that that organism is going to do and how it'll behave and what it eats and how it mates and all, all of that is in there. The information is there. Now we're just trying to decipher it. Well, I can get why Jeffrey was highlighting these topics in the, in the beginning. Now, as I was saying before, I want to go back to some industry-related aspects, if not issues, because I can't miss the chance to, to discuss this with you. So which are, according to you, the possible limitations and obstacles and why research could be the answer? Right now, if you say that we have three main products, protein, oils, and brass, if we lose one of those, well, that's a third of the, the industry in terms of what it is as a product. Uh, but if we can have multitude of products on the line or on uh, available, then we can really uh, afford for some trial and error where some things are successful and some things are not, and it's not going to hurt the industry. Right now, if we lose protein or we lose fat or brass, it, it's a major impact. As diversifying is something strategic also when talking about stock market, let's stay on this semantic area. Could the insect industry be a bubble? I mean, large investments may not be just good news. No, I agree with you 100%. I, I've, uh, I've been attempting to educate the global um, community on that very concern, and that is we could experience the tech bubble that occurred in 2002 in technology. Um, heavy investment, no return or limited return, and it collapses on itself. So I think we have to be careful about how we invest, where we invest, um, to make sure that the returns justify continued investment or growth in investment. So I think we have to be very careful about that. You know, during this phase of my project, I'm having a lot of conversation and sometimes especially off the record. These topics comes up for the nature of my investigation, but also personally, I want to have them on, on the table. I mean, I see everything is related to, to, to the environment as to be successful, as to be done carefully and considering all the angles. Which is your opinion about that? I like to hear counter opinions on the industry. So I think it's very good to have pushback. I think it's very important to have skeptics because, uh, Counter opinions can lead to growth and opportunity, and it can lead to avoiding issues. And you bring up an interesting point to me is um, this is a global issue. Uh, so I think that this in industry actually can serve as a bridge between differing opinions. 
It's just educating both sides because even with the individuals in politics that are progressive and supportive of it, they still need to understand the limitations of the industry to avoid the bubble that you just talked about a minute ago. Pause, understand the industry, understand its trajectory, and how we can guide it to be successful. On the flip side, when we talk about those that are resistant and say, no, we don't need it, uh, we, have to, we have to be willing to engage all of them with the pros and cons of the industry. So you're listening to some excerpt from the conversation I recorded during the CIF Spring Meeting. As I said before, the conversation I had with Pat Crowley from Chapul Farms will become soon a new Get the Bug episode. A, spoiler, very interesting episode. I do believe insects could be the next game changer, and that's why I'm working on my photo book and I'm doing this podcast. If you like it, please share this episode with everyone you know who cares about the environment, is curious about life science, once was chatting in a West Africa village, and is open to explore new words. Thank you for listening. This was Get the Bug. <laughs> <laughs>